Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Yeah, before we get started, everyone, we just want to give you a heads up that things might look a little different next week. No, I'm kidding. Nothing so dramatic, but our <laughs> post might <laughs> our post might be weird, okay? Because to make this podcast work, it means we have zero lives. We never do anything on Friday nights. But as it <laughs> happens, um, I may have a little something to do, something going on. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to work around it. So what we're going to do is there's a chance we might post like half the podcast up Saturday morning and then the other half some other time. It'll be a fun guessing game, but look out for it. And we'll say more when we know more. Still love us. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like maybe that's what's going on in Nina's head. Still love me. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Is it a lot ever? Of, so I was kind of weirded out at the start of the week. Like, if Nina's so devastated, I guess, like, devastated is different in the soap world. Like, <laughs> Like, because devastated to me means, like, I look gross and I'm crying and I'm probably yes. not leaving the house. And if I had, for instance, kept a man from his family, I probably wouldn't, I don't know if I would have it in me to, like, shower and get dolled up and keep going into all these public places. Or go back to the town where everybody is that you hurt. Yeah. So, so that's why when Nina went in to see Curtis, she's like, oh my gosh, Curtis. I'm like, yeah, you look so distraught. You like went home, got dolled up and then went to a nightclub to talk to your friend about all the shame you feel. <laughs> she, her face never conveys the shame though, ever. No, I, I was so confused about that. And even more so, I mean, look between privately between Nina and Curtis of course it mm -hmm. makes sense that Curtis would support her privately you know yes. Maxie supported her privately was all like I still love you privately <laughs> but as soon as like Nina left the room she like called Brit she called Scott she told everybody what she did she went to Carly's house it was like if I were you I'd want to know who did this to me you know what I mean but but in this instance, Curtis kept private Curtis, private Nina Curtis, and then decided to extend that out into the world. And that okay. part confused me greatly. When that happened, all I had was you in my head screaming at Curtis because of, you know, your love, hate, hate, hate for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. I loved him like when Jordan was leaving, I was like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> and then I'm like, he's back. He is back. I was Hard. not happy. I was not happy. And I'll continue to talk about how not happy I am. But then a thought occurred to me later about why it went that way. Why? I'm not going to tell you yet. Um, so, suspense. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So look, so Michael and Willow are living their Michael and Willow life oblivious mm -hmm. and then joss comes in the all-knowing right like joss is like in it like she's in it she knows the dirty details she knows them before michael and i love it i really really do <laughs> so michael takes off i will get to how he found out about where yes. nina's whereabouts were later but he takes off and he goes there and like 
before Michael even gets there, just me privately in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe not privately, out loud with you right now with everyone. I just feel like of all people, Michael has got some stuff to say, right? Michael yeah. has every reason to have his moment and to be angry for all of Michael reasons. And we all know what they are. You know, like Carly had her moment. Sunny and Nina had something that we all looked at um, <laughs> and witnessed. And, you know, like, I, I think about that, you know, like, because right now, Nina, Nina had her talk with Sunny, and I feel like that was the only one that mattered to her. And then with Carly, she's like, the jig is up. I actually don't care. And, but she keeps saying that, you know, it matters that I hurt his kids. Like, oh, yeah, yes. there were other people that exist outside of Carly. Um, so this is her first opportunity to actually face one of Sunny's children. And not just any child, the father of her grandchild that she is so obsessed over. Mm -hmm. And I felt Michael didn't get his moment. Because if I think about Michael, I mean, look at the moment he had with Jax when Jax tried to blackmail him. Michael yes. is very capable of a moment. Oh, yeah. It just kind of fell a little flat for me. It really, really did. I was expecting more anger. I was expecting just so much more from that scene. And I was just shocked at Willow's reaction and statement after the fact. It was just not at all what I anticipated and wanted from that. But I also felt bad for Michael, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I felt bad for Michael for this reason. Like, the whole, like, what's best for Wiley? That's the crappy thing about being Wiley's dad is that it comes down to that. And doing what's best for Wiley might mean things like eventually allowing Nina back in their life, right? So I think mm -hmm. that part's inevitable. Like, it's inevitable that Michael and Willow will prioritize what's best for Wiley, that they'll think about Wiley's relationship to Nina and not so much what Nina did to them. I think that's fair to say they've been doing that. Yes. Okay? What I felt was so unfair to Michael and Willow was to take away the period where they actually get to have a reaction. So yes. just because Wiley exists and because it's all about what's best for Wiley, Curtis basically told them they don't get to have a reaction and yeah. we all make mistakes. And I was like, where do you get off? Like, I get you want to defend your friend, but also being a good friend means allowing her to face the consequences and supporting her as she deals with that, but not jumping in and actually completely making sure she doesn't have to deal with the consequences to her actions. How would that help when she's gone that far? Okay, exactly. I was so frustrated because it's like, not to be mean or anything, but Curtis doesn't really know what it's like to have a child. He is putting himself in somebody else's business. He needed to let that conversation play out. And exactly that. They were allowed to have their feelings. Look at all the feelings he had with Jordan. Look at all the things he always felt he needed to say, yet they were not allowed to. But exactly. Curtis can't forgive a lie. Mm -hmm. Curtis, when he found out that Portia lied to him, just legit walked away and ghosted her. Yeah. Okay. Because he's the wronged party. And Curtis really has a black and white view about right or wrong. Even with like, you know, Jordan, it, like honesty and truth telling was important to him. But also when he felt wronged, he really felt that he had to stay in that. Right. Like when yes. he wasn't feeling okay, it wasn't about what was best for the couple, Curtis and Jordan. Even when the couple was sort of hurt and broken, he didn't prioritize that. It was more so, I'm in this mixed up place, so I'm going to keep us in limbo, even though Jordan keeps trying to talk to me. Yes. He prioritized himself. 
he wanted room to react. So for a guy who can't forgive a lie to jump in and tell Michael, like, oh, it's just a mistake that mm. she kept a human person from you. And this goes, so think about what I just said and also going back to what you just said about Curtis not knowing what it is to be a father. So then later, I kind of like realized, like days later, and I don't know if this is actually part of it. Like right now, Curtis is in this place where he's categorizing Nina's actions as a mistake. But when he finds mm -hmm. out what Portia kept from him, because like Nina kept a dad from Michael, but Portia also kept a daughter, human person from him. Will he also just see that as a mistake? Like grant um, the same quick forgiveness to Portia when she kind of points out, well, you know, when I told you I was married, you just walked away and didn't want to have anything to do with me. Isn't that exactly the same thing? Like the impetus for what Nina did. Carly was rude. Therefore, she kept going. Will all those yes. things be because like it's so parallel the situation. So will Curtis feel the same way when it happens to him? OK, so you're making me think that Nina is going to be his voice of reason at some point in time. Oh, yeah. Mutual friendship. <laughs> but yeah, but like, but, but to me, that made sense of that scene. But I still feel that Michael was cheated. And yes, so absolutely. I do hope he gets his moment because Joss did. Oh my God. What a beautiful scene because I really didn't was. know, I didn't know what to expect. I loved, loved Cam's reaction. Like, yeah, I'll go back to work outside. Bye. <laughs> but it's, it's not just the re like, yes, it's the reaction. It was him knowing her, knowing what she meant, knowing what she needed, knowing what she wanted. But it's kind of like the second time in Kelly's, she, she was boss. Well, she just right? yeah, she dismisses the people around her and gets into a different zone. And when she started explaining to Nina, I knew she was going to go for the journal. I was just thinking, huh, interesting that you have it with you. And yeah. then when she was ripping out the pages and you know telling her everything that she had written in there, and I was just I was wanting more from Nina. But again, we have Nina with like zero feelings. Well, okay, actually, I was kind of satisfied a yeah? about about that scene because like. Again, nothing much hap happened with um, Michael because Curtis intervened. And right. she was already like, mm, I've already suffered enough. I've had a really <laughs> long day. I had to talk with Carly and I didn't like it. But then like with Joss, like what can you say? Because this is the repercussions. This isn't Sunny. This isn't Carly. This is a child that you hurt. A child. Yeah. And that's sort of, I guess, what Joss still has. Like, yes, she's in college, but it's someone you gifted a journal, Right. And she's mm -hmm. talking about like what she had to go through. And I think watching Nina actually experience some level of shame and tears and had like the wherewithal to not jump in and defend herself was appropriate and satisfying because you can tell, you know, Joss was hitting a nerve and forcing her to face it because of the scene with Michael. She was not at all forced to face a damn thing. That is very true. Like looking at it in that way and just, there is nothing she can say, but she actually stood no. up quietly, which is very hard I took for it. Nina. I mm -hmm. took it, right? You know what I mean? Because she always has some kind of, like, she, she diminishes it. Like, with Scott, like, oh, right, Liesl, um, Oopsies. oh, my gosh. And with Brit, she's like, I can't help but feel like it's my fault. It 100% is your fault. Like, what are you talking about? So that was interesting having Nina come face-to-face -face with Brit, but it also showed, it was because, like, Joss alludes to this where she says it's hard to kind of go anywhere where everywhere you go, um, there's somebody there who loves Sunny. Yes. Okay. 
So yeah, there's a lot because <laughs> what, like, cause even Brit, you know, it had nothing to do with Sunny, but there were other consequences that impacted her, her mom, Jason. Exactly. Like her, so her main sources of support and like Brit handled it like a champ, you know what I mean? And that's the reality, their family, right? So same with Maxi, I love you, but I don't agree. And I think Brit loves and cares for Nina. Um, but also acknowledge that there were selfish reasons involved for calling, you know, Liesl. It wasn't just about James and Maxie. I did love that. I love that Brit was honest. But I still couldn't believe that they were both having breakfast at the Metro Court. Right? But isn't that the theme that everybody who hates Carly keeps going to eat there? <laughs> and Remember? put their hotels there. <laughs> exactly. And then when uh, uh, Nina's like, I can't bear to, like, pee these prices. Yeah, and I'm right. like okay like go somewhere else anywhere else I'm pretty sure Carly doesn't really want you there and I really don't know how much longer your offices are even gonna be in the Metro Court right if she kicks Spencer out Nina you're not far behind um that was something no yeah I was so um I was really kind of I wasn't sure how to feel at first because Spencer did a very very terrible thing and seeing his consequences just hurts me because I know that he was feeling bad and nobody sees that yes. yet um but also about Carly in that scene I was surprised the first thing that came out of her mouth about her anger was you stalked Ava yes I know I noted that I was like I was like then, damn uh, damn <laughs> maybe let's talk about Spencer a little bit because you talk about like feeling really bad for him and that's the thing that's what's hard about this because Spencer while an adult Carly acknowledged this part not not all of us are act like adults when we're 18 you know what I mean yes, like that exactly. whole conversation pointing to the fact that he's still a kid um, and still very raw and emotional. Like I was feeling bad last week, right? When Cam, yes. like he was so close to confessing to Cam and I was really scared because Spencer doesn't feel rooted and he doesn't feel connected. And I was scared about what would happen to that fragile trust developing and for that to kind of be betrayed and broken. I was scared about that. And so now, of course, it's really hard to watch. He did horrible things, but with Esme... And her role, it kind of helps take a little bit of the heat off Spencer in sort of the audience eyes. Well, exactly. Because in that relationship, we know that there is good and there is bad. And we know the control she has over him. It was kind of jarring, to be honest, to see them in the hotel room and what she was wearing and not wearing. <laughs> I know yeah. that routine, but I was just, I was still taken aback. But what I did take from that scene is, you know, she still has her grips firmly on Yes. Him. Yes. And we do we do hear, though, and this is where I got scared, that he does still trust and love Cam and Joss and needs them very much in his life. And despite how things came out, he knew that he did something bad. So we are seeing that remorse, that change. And you also see Esme trying to stoke the fire and get him back into this, like, evil place. And he's just very much not there anymore. No, he isn't. And he's, like, he's torn, right? He feels one way about her, but he did sort of draw a line today kind of saying I'm not really thrilled about the way you go about things and that okay and then so now she is upset that Joss and Cam are still very significant people in his life and like you talked about he trusts Cam there is a very strong relationship there and I strongly feel she is trying to seduce Cam or kidnap him 
something of the sort is going to go down. But you talked about Spencer changing and we can see hints of that. And I felt like a hint of that was highlighted in a statement Ava made in that confrontation. So when the truth, when the truth comes out, Ava asks, why did you stop? Why stop now? Why the 11th hour confession? Mm-hmm. And I feel that in itself suggests that whatever motivated him initially was not continuing to motivate him. Like he somehow changed his outlook on the whole thing. And I do feel that, you know, we discussed it in many weeks ago, but that Trina was a huge part in that, like her relationship mm-hmm. with Eva. And even though she didn't know what was going on, he saw that he like it or not time didn't stop when he left a lot of characters think that's what happens but it does not and that must have helped him in some way and just that reconnection with Kim and Joss and no matter the banter like like he said those are his people he's known Mm -hmm. them forever they know him best and he acknowledged that you know he he couldn't see and he was stuck so I think that's a really good start that he acknowledged that but even more amazing of Spencer, and I was just so disappointed that Nicholas couldn't acknowledge anything. Like, it was so disgusting. He treated Spencer mm -hmm. like some kind of opponent, enemy, competitor, um, like an object that was keeping distance between him and his wife, and not like a son, because Spencer highlighted something that was true. He talked about isn't this what we do? We try to do, we we try to tell ourselves we're doing what's best for somebody, but then we're really hurting each other. That was a, incredible to have him highlight a dysfunctional dynamic. And I think it was worth addressing and responding to, right? Like that's how I felt. And I was just, I just found it so incredible watching Nicholas, like feeling so self-righteous and so wrong, yeah. given everything he's done. Like when, because a- Ava points out that, um, that Spencer knew about Kiki and still sort of played on that. And I just Mm -hmm. kept thinking like father, like son, like it's just ridiculous that, you know, like you terrorized Ava too. And you got forgiveness, you lied Mm -hmm. to Spencer and you kind of begged a lot of people for forgiveness without really doing much to earn it. Yes. Um, And I just kept thinking like, you need to show him love, even though you're hurt. You know what I mean? Like you need to let the dust settle. I feel like he's he's not hearing Ava because it's not the first time she has tried to impart wisdom from her lived experience of having conflict with her daughter, with Kiki. And um, the fact that he said like, he's dead to me to her and she had to be like, don't ever Mm -hmm. say that. I just find like he really doesn't get the whole father role. And that could not have been more evident of all people, right? Portia confronts Nicholas because she's a parent and Ava talks like a parent. You know what I mean? Like she practically like took in, you know, Trina, she has that parental type of relationship with her, which is huge, right? Huge. Mm -hmm. Because she wasn't that parental figure to Kiki a lot of the times, especially at the end. But, but, but Nicholas is not a parental figure and they could not have highlighted that more. Like, like, think about it. Like all the parents on the show, like of all the teens, like Elizabeth, Carly, all that stuff, there's like a code, you know, like touching base, like all the kids did this or where are they or that kind of a thing. And so it's normal for the parents to talk like that. So that's what Portia's doing. She's talking to Nicholas, like a parent. He's like, (laughs) my actions, what actions? I wish she's like, you got to like shut that down and basically like parent your child. He's like, it was like, it was so over Nicholas's head. He's like, I don't understand when kids misbehave, you banish them. No, like, 
like, what do you mean I handle it and like do something about it? Because he has no intention of talking to Spencer. No, and this is where things will get really interesting, multi-layered and complicated because of exactly all those things. Nicholas doesn't know how to be a parent, but he doesn't know how to be an appropriate partner either. Look at how he's pushed Ava through this entire divorce and separation. He has pushed and shoved and made it about him this entire time and him wanted to be with Ava. He's never given Ava a chance until maybe the end when he got beat up a little bit, but even then he wasn't. He wasn't playing fair. He was playing based on his own rules and his own selfishness. And as much as Ava loves him, she has grown leaps and bounds above where Nicholas is. And even though, like, to me, that scene of, like, them together in the morning after is, like, literally just the honeymoon period until the blinders come off. Like, what, that last scene was Spencer going into the same room as Trina and Ava. And Ava's going to be the understanding uh person in all of this and then she's going to see Nicholas in a whole new light and it is going to shift their relationship like the minute Nicholas says something about like forever or I'm going to wake up every morning with you like you made a reference to the future and forever I was like yeah they're doomed (laughs) oh my gosh no you're absolutely right because that is scary she's grown leaps and bounds and even she can be like that's not what you should do (laughs) right and and I I love her way of pointing that out right she you know she asked him what he's doing and then at the end she made her comment you know like right now you want to punish Spencer for doing everything he learned all that you've modeled yes exactly it was she like obviously I am not saying it nearly as well as Ava put it but the line was so on point and it was incredible um and I'm starting to think because like think about it like Spencer and Ava had a really cute relationship and maybe when she's the one supporting him because look at Trina yes Trina has a great mom right like Ava's Mm -hmm. a bonus in her life but like Trina gets that care that like you know all all of that good protector adult stuff from Ava and I feel like that will be extended onto Spencer and Spencer will get that like parenting vibe from the person he may least expect oh you know what I'm thinking what (laughs) Nina has Ava's old condo right yeah okay so here's the thing Nina has Ava's old condo, but she has no idea what has transpired yet. So we have not even seen what Ava's reaction is going to be to Nina. But what I'm thinking is she's going to kick her out of her condo and she's going to secretly hide Spencer in her condo. (laughs) That's good. I like that because, look, I get it. Nina is having a lot of confrontations, but I swear there better not be any like Curtis effect on the Nina Ava confrontation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because we all saw how Ava felt this week about Spencer using Avery. Okay. Yes. And Avery being touched like Ava said to Nicholas when he's all like my wife and blah, blah, blah. She's like, that's nice. But like, you don't need <laughs> to get all angry at your own damn son over me. Like I can handle myself. You know what I mean? And even with Trina, she's like, that's between me and Spencer, right? Like really being yeah. so amazing to, to all of them. And so, yeah, like what Nina did greatly affected her daughter's happiness. So I cannot wait for Ava. 
okay, to get her day <laughs> with Nina. And I love the idea of, um, you know, her taking in Spencer and them developing a relationship. And it might be interesting to see where Nicholas stands at the end of the day in all this. Oh, I think he's going to be standing alone. <laughs> well, I am scared of that from what you've described, like how you've described him. Like, yes, he's blind with Spencer, but you've highlighted how he's been blind with Ava too. And I wonder if it's workable. I'd like to think it is because I think that they're a great pairing. Yes. But, you know, we talk about like this being a growth period for like Spencer, but it has to be a moment of growth for Nicholas as well. And then hopefully, in addition to all that, all of them growing together and forming their their family a bit more officially. Well, exactly. It's all it's going to be about breaking patterns because yes, exactly. Statement. Yeah, like the the statement that you mentioned that Spencer made, like that is huge, and that needs to stop now. They've both seen the other side of things. They both want happiness, love, trust, respect. They both want the same things, and let Ava guide them to the right way. <laughs> Exactly. Um, okay, so we're talking about potentially Spencer living in Ava's condo, but I do not see Ava letting Esme stay there. And I think oh, that might no. drive Esme um, a little cray-cray or more than she is right now. So we did see Esme by herself at the Savoy, which was, I still didn't realize like how old they are, drinking mm-hmm, age in mm-hmm. the U.S. and all that good stuff. And when they noticed, like, first, I love that they like rock, paper, scissors to who's going to serve her. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and then the whole id situation so i did get stuck on that a little bit because i'm wondering okay what does this actually mean i wanted to actually physically i wanted to see the idea i wanted them to do a close-up and i think i pretty pixie kind of read my mind so this is a comment she made on twitter she's like am i the only one that thinks esme is older than she claims i think curtis was wrong her idea was actually legit she didn't press him on the issue because she's pretending to be younger oh my god that is so creepy and when I think about the scene I was telling you about with the hospital it it like emphasizes the level of creepiness of her like sitting in the bed like we never see Trina draws anybody in that situation at their age but she was sitting in the bed naked she was wearing the shirt only I'm like this is very very awkward and weird and stands out for me like it doesn't feel right Oh, okay, yeah, because there, <laughs> there was definitely something about that idea, and I was stuck on that as well, but I 100% love that take, because there's something there, right, whether it's her identity, but the age thing, I think that's kind of cool, <laughs> I'm scared, but I think it's cool, and like, you did mention Cam, and yes, yes I agree that she might go after him in a sexy way to also double whammy piss off Jaws but I was actually concerned about if she would ever potentially harm Spencer because in the conversation about whether Mm. or not he'd bounce back she Mm -hmm. said not this time in response and I was like what does that mean Spencer won't bounce back like are you willing to like harm him if you can't get what you want and I think she wants a castle I'm not sure I definitely think she wants money in a castle And I think with what we've seen so far, we know she's willing to cross a lot of lines. And we talked about, like, whether or not Ava would, like, accept Esme. We already know that's, like, a not a thing. Um, (laughs) But but even when Spencer went up to Brit to stay there, I was like, it's going to take two seconds for Brit to be like, no. (laughs) You come, (laughs) her, no. I was like, and one hotel was like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. You won't even know where they're. I'm like, dude, seriously. It's <laughs> one room. Like, what is that? So awkward. 
It's like you go to your grandpa Kevin, right? I want to see him working at Kelly's with Cam and staying in the room upstairs from Kelly's because that's what you do. That's a rite of passage. Exactly. That's how you sort of understand that money isn't everything or that you actually have to work for it. Like that's usually where that lesson is learned. (laughs) And like friendship matters and it's like cooler than money. You know, it's funny. I saw a kid today wearing a jean jacket that said, I need money, not friends. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh, okay. It's hard. It's hardcore. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. So do you want to talk about Tuesday? Um, The reason why I'm saying I'm I'm referencing a storyline as Tuesday is because I felt Tuesday was the day that was all about, hey, remember us, all the other storylines, Andrew? (laughs) That's supposed to be a big deal that he's coming back from the dead. So let's. That's that's how I felt about Drew. Every time we go back to him, it's like, remember me? Um, But he's getting to, like, for a dead guy, he's talking to a lot of people. I know. It's like the tour. And he's having really quick comebacks. I I love it. I really love it. Like, it's so funny. He hasn't seen anyone for two years. Um, I'm witty. I've been writing all this stuff down. (laughs) Right? And then it's like he sees a bunch of people from Port Charles. Like, Chloe, Chloe, we found out. She's well, we know she's from Port Charles, but it's just, she said it. She said it, and she like told Robert and Anna, like, You're both famous, I know who you are. I was like, Wow, I thought that was so funny because she's like, You know, we talk about normie, so she's like a normie in Port Charles. That exactly, these people are so cute, exactly. Because in my head, I'm like, Wow, I wish Montreal had famous spies, <laughs> we just don't know them. I we just don't exactly, we're not that cool. <laughs> Okay, so Drew. So super funny is, okay, so now he's with Valentine, yes. right? And they're talking about Victor Cassidyne, and then Drew's trying to say, like, he's not dead. Mm-hmm. And then there was that funny line, yeah, there's a lot of that going around, like, non-deadness. Aliveness. Yeah. which was so great. <laughs> and they bonded. They really bonded. Like, oh my God, Valentine is just, oh, Valentine. I love the way he spoke about Scout and just was like reassuring Drew. And that moment when he was just talking about like how amazing she is and sees Drew lighting up and knowing that that's what he needed to push forward to get through this was amazing. So I good. love that like father moment they share, but it also gave a new meeting to like air quotes, quarter main stick together. Because they mm-hmm. live there, right? Yes, some, yes. Some quartermains are, you know, honorary. True. Like Sky Quartermain, right? Honorary. hmm So I kind of love that. I thought that was so cute because who knows? Drew might land himself right back there. Oh, another member in the house. I love it so much. Right? Especially that Scout spends so much time there. It would be the perfect place to get reconnected with Scout in a way to ease that transition. So, Drew. Um... Turns out Peter's lying. That oh, really caught me shocker. off guard. But, but you know what? It did shock me. <laughs> it did me too. <laughs> I was like, so, that mother father knew. Yes. That's amazing. I love it when you say that. Um, but what I thought was incredible, okay, was that like Drew, it, 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 it just felt like, oh my God, Drew's back. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. He's gone. You're gone. <laughs> Bye. It, was, it just felt so quick, and I felt like it summed up 
Drew. Drew? <laughs> his, his entire arc on General Hospital. And I mean, obviously, this has got to be the beginning, but it sucks that he's not in control of his mind. It's very frustrating, and it's almost like a joke for us on our because like, I'm a seal, I'm a navy seal, I'm a yeah. strong mind. I can do blah blah blah, and you're like, look at this card, it. look at this card <laughs> with pretty colors, and you became a robot. Like I'm but, not. Ugh. I mean, it's the like, I I prefer the pen. Like I don't know how I feel about the card. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like there should be a sound. Um. So yeah, Drew. Um, Drew not having control of his mind. Um, Sam kind of references Drew and his not having a sense of person. (laughs) (laughs) I really loved that conversation. (laughs) Like, I thought about it, and he's not human. (laughs) That I loved. I, I, yeah, like, it was, I mean, look, that was a tough spot to be in, you know? Like, when a man comes back from the dead, that's one thing. Yes. But when you didn't know he came back from the dead because you thought he already had. That's another. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what Sam went through. She thought Jason had already come back from the dead, and then he did it again. (laughs) And so, and that was rough for her, you know what I mean? Emotionally, it was quite, you know, a story of, like, learning to be honest with herself and finding herself again. And so to hear her at this place in her life very easily succinctly kind of express you know her take on the whole drew thing like i never really knew him like i never really like that drew kane never existed like i didn't even have a baby with drew i had one with jason and that's what i thought i was like whoa i loved i loved it so much because we've seen sam go through all of these ups and downs and like you said the self-discovery and here on the polar opposite end we have Nina, who is in love with a man that didn't really exist, but thinks he exists and is trying to push him on. Oh my gosh, I wrote that! I wrote that! That is so true! That's exactly right! That No, that, that comparison is super, super funny. It really is, but I, I definitely love the honesty, because we got to see, you know, you brought up a really long time ago, the only way this situation could happen is if something happened to Lulu, and I really loved hearing Dante kind of break things down, because I really did want to know where he was at in terms of Lulu, and, you know, his feelings towards Sam. Yes, we know they liked each other, but I still wanted to figure out how he was working through his closure towards that situation. I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow, I, I had a different memory of that whole- Right? scenario because it's like I forget that maybe we saw everything right like who <laughs> didn't want to marry Dustin mm-hmm. so like with Dustin I don't even know if she even had a chance to actually answer because he just died but I I guess this is how I had thought things went down I thought because remember because I think Lulu passed out when she was trying to tell Dante she loved him yeah so I never really occurred to me that he didn't fully get the message no, that you know, she like, was in love with him. Like, I, I didn't know till that episode. And, you know, on a good day, guys don't really know if you really like them unless you blatantly tell them in their face without, in their face hole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that in my head. I was like, you're saying it wrong. You need to ask. <laughs> and then we did get that snippet of Maxie talking to Austin saying, like, Lulu loved him in the end. So she, and she's like, I don't know what to do with that information. I was like, I was like, seriously, now is not the time. Like there was so much time, so much time. Like, I don't know. 
like any time after <laughs> the coma, like any time, any time would have been a good time to be like Dante. You know, she loved you, right? Like in that grieving process, but would have been like, a good this, time to know. No, I agree. But I'm like, does, is this a teaser? Is this just trying to misdirect us that maybe she's coming back? I was just like, I'm just going to keep that in my back pocket. So Lulu. Mm -hmm. This was interesting, right? Because Lulu comes up in the conversation between Dante and Sam. I found it super funny. At one point, when Dante asked to take things slowly, with a super annoyed face, Sam's like, slow because of Lulu? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, she's in a coma. Like, chill. And then he kind of, like, explained all that stuff. But then we also have Maxi simultaneously talking about Lulu. And it's really, really interesting because here you have Dante and both Maxi having to kind of move on from the place Lulu held, you know, like, like, like Dante is moving on romantically, but Maxie, like Lulu was her best bud. And yes. I can see how she struggled. And that's her title. Like the title of her best friend is Lulu. And to have Austin say your best friend is Brooklyn is huge. Not just because of the, the history between Maxie and Brooklyn, but like the history between Lulu and Brooklyn. Right. Yes. And her loyalties, like it's so complicated, even though like Chase points out, like, that's not the Brooklyn I know that would like said it was Dante, <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> but just acknowledging that she's not that person anymore. And in terms of this concept of Lulu returning, I just kept thinking, okay, so, so Maxie has sort of accepted and I loved, I loved, okay. I loved that scene, the, like the montage, the fact yes. that it was this conversation with Austin, this, this whole recap of their whole, you know, sorted past and story. Um, and I love the montage. I love like, oh my gosh, we're more than just casual friends. And, <laughs> and Tim Jones hit it right on the nose when he pointed out the part where he's like, I really like that they decided to give this moment what felt to me like a rom-com tone. Yes, 100%. And that, that description is 100% exactly what made it so cute and so special and adorable. But it occurred to me after, okay, because, you know, Brooklyn is at the hospital and she goes off to talk to Austin. Mm -hmm. And so I kept thinking, well, this is interesting because, like, Brooklyn, let's say she starts dating Chase or hanging out. Ooh, we'll talk. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and so, and then you have like Maxie, you know, um, you know, hanging with Brooklyn, you know, who knows about Austin's mix and all of this. That's still a big question mark, but I mean, it's an interesting mm -hmm. circle. Like Maxie has a relationship with Sam and Dante. Brooklyn has a relationship with Dante. You know, Chase has a relationship with Dante and that's an interesting new group forming. And mm -hmm. when I think of the idea of Lulu coming back, I think if she did, she'd definitely come back Alice Spencer. Like, with all that anger and rage as if no time had passed. Seeing Ooh. seeing Brooklyn a certain way. Yes, gotcha. Right? And obviously being in a place where she's still very much in love with Dante. Um, it, oof, it would be very, very messy. Super messy. But I just thought it was really interesting to give that kind of time the way that they were talking about Lulu. Because these are significant steps that Maxie and Dante are taking in their life. You know, like, she's not, she's like in a coma. It's a weird limbo to be living in. And they're both slowly kind of moving forward, right? Filling that space that was once occupied by Lulu. So it was, it was, it was something. It was nice. It was beautiful. It was hard. It was a lot of things. It was, I liked it. It was really interesting. I agree. And it's, I kind of wrote like, oh, I thought she knew, but I love seeing it, how it developed and formed and yeah. Just, and Austin's expressions just absolutely like, I love him to pieces, but what kind of not freaked me out, but what concerned me in the whole like dot, dot, dot situation is that he remembered 
what Brooklyn said when he was passing. Yeah. Well, yeah, Maxie remembered super clearly. So I'm like, oh, cool that he knows that. And then I saw the flashback. I'm like, oh, that's why it's a brawl. <laughs> like, that's why <laughs> has that look on her face. But the um, thing is, yeah. I think that because of his fondness towards Maxie, even if he does realize what's going on, I think that that will be the thing that proves that he's part of the family because he always mentions being part of the family as opposed to his like stocks. He just wants to be in this world that protecting that secret will be what wins over Brooklyn and what actually gets him in the family. Ooh, I like that. Okay. So she, she does come around, right. And she starts to, you know, allow Austin to share what he's thinking. So she's actually coming from a really good place after her talk with Chase that I thought was really interesting. So in this episode, you have Dante talking about taking it slow. And I mean, man, they took it way slower than I would have. (laughs) And and so then Brooklyn also, because look, look what taking it slow meant for them, right? Take it slow. But they, it was like, it had romantic insinuations about getting together. And then Brooklyn is sitting with um, Chase and says, well, there's no harm in taking it slow or taking it slow couldn't harm anyone was the line she said in reference to going back to work. But immediately after she says that, she grabs a banana. I know. (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, all right, all right. And um, beyond the banana, Brooklyn (laughs) talks about why she's so mad at Austin, accusing him of like using a baby to get you know to kind of get at the shares but like didn't she do that to get at the (laughs) shares that Austin is trying to get at (laughs) she did exactly that but you know as the Cassidides as the Quartermains it's their end goal and she's the only one in it so she is not seeing his perspective at the moment (laughs) yes Um, I did love one of my favorite lines came out of that scene is when uh, they were just having conversations about talking and not talking and Leo and his communication skills. And she says, whoa, there are days you don't feel like talking. Yes, that was really funny. The moment she said it, I was like, yeah, you can't let that one slide. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just the the cute banter with them. And I love the way he looks at her and he's all scruffy now. And anyways, there's like there's lots of stuff there. Oh, yeah, like they're they're <laughs> they're getting together. Oh yeah, they're sure. gonna they're gonna find it. They're gonna do that. They're gonna do the thing. They're gonna yeah. <laughs> Speaking of another duo, um, Robert shows up. Uh, I I was so like, what? <laughs> so this is how I felt about that. I felt like it was a little too on the nose because last week yep. Anna is telling Valentine. Robert judges me. And then the next week, Robert appears and judges her. (laughs) I was like, all right, we get it. But I, the shootout was pretty cool. The shootout was cool. And I think it was important for one, for her to have a partner that she trusts to get through this, to find Valentine. But because of Robert's judginess, I think at this point in time, she needs to stand strong and push past it. And I think that's what Robert is doing. He thinks he's pointing out really good things, but all he's doing is pushing Anna closer to Valentine. That's exactly what his role is, right? To push her over that line where she's like, I'll sleep with you. Like that's what he's here. <laughs> that's what he's there to facilitate. And then it's like the big reveal, you know, that Drew left the compound to do some shooting. Um, I, I that's loved. a thing. I know, but I really, really loved how Anna strong-armed that guy. Like, she was in it. Yeah. Robert was just still in his world of fantasy. And Anna's like, no, and grabs him, push him on the table. I'm like, yes, I love the strong female empowerment. And then the shootout happens. And I was like, I was loving that scene. 
It she was, actually got somebody. Yeah, but but like it was strong. Yes. But in terms of the things she was saying, um, <laughs> like usually when you're badass, you're like, where is he? Tell me. And she's like, where's my friend? Tell me. Because <laughs> she's still trying to convince herself. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> like the speech didn't really pair with the, the like action behavior, you know? That's no, how I felt ins- on that. Well, yeah, I felt like it was her inside voice <laughs> speaking on the outside. Like, we get it. You're still struggling with friendship. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, and so also confirmed is like, who, who's his daddy, right? Victor? It's is Victor. A, should, shouldn't he have known with the alliteration? Victor is Valentine's dad. <laughs> isn't, isn't that like the closest thing to DNA? I mean, if necklaces could be a form of DNA, I think an alliteration it could also be a form of DNA. <laughs> I was. I feel warmly towards you. Is why he should accept that he's his father. I busted out laughing. I'm like, so this is the big revelation. This is you trying to explain to him. And I just loved Valentine's expression the whole time. Like okay, that's great. You felt warmly towards me and you're my dad. How am I supposed to believe you? I know, but I felt like, come on. (laughs) 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 What other options would there be? (laughs) And I felt like it was obvious when like, when Valentine said to him, I remember something about like, he was the rational one. Yes. They share so much in common. (laughs) Well, the whole, it's the Cassidyne way, you know, fake your death, leave your son behind, blah, 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 blah. Same old story. So the Cassidines are expanding, and I kind of wonder if Valentine will make a play. He's comfortable with his life now, right? With the Quartermains and running ALQ. But I don't know if he'll make a play again for Cassidyne Industries because of, the, you know, taking advantage of the current rift between Spencer and um, Nicholas. I don't know. I see it in a way that Victor would try to pull something like mm. that and Valentine would be on Nicholas and Spencer's side, another person on their side of things. Interesting. Interesting. Because at this point in time, we don't know who things belong to. Like if Victor comes right. back, where does he stand? Which kind of makes me think that he would kick Nicholas out and the house is actually his so that like Nicholas has to work for stuff too, which means looking within himself to be a better person. <laughs> I think they're all going to end up at Kelly's or in that small loft back at Ava's. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Carly finally gets some time alone with Sunny to talk about and ask about this whole Nina sitch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Sunny's response is this. He basically pleads the fifth. He's yep. like, I don't even want to think about what happened in Nixon Falls. When I didn't know who I was. I love how we had to throw that in there. When I, when I didn't know who I was. I don't want to think about that. Because remember, I, I lost the memory. So it's just like, <laughs> I felt like it was like a preemptive strike in that. Um, I thought it was interesting in that moment how Carly's eyes sort of darted when Sunny asked about Jason. Like, why was Jason there at the Quartermains? Like, how did he step in between you and Nina? And I think it's funny because I feel like pre-Nixon Falls, I'm not even sure that would have been a follow-up question exactly. from Oh my god, that's exactly what I noted. Like, why is it, uh, why does it matter now? Because Jason is always the first one there for Carly. And I think this goes back to what I've been trying to communicate. I just love 
the vulnerability and Carly's anger and reaction to this whole storyline. And here I put it this way, her face acting. It really was <laughs> the best. It's these subtle reactions she has. So when she starts to like, like the, the subtle reaction she has when she snaps out of the um, memory of her wedding day. Yes. And realizes Sunny was talking. She's so so good like it, it's just such a hard seat to watch and I was wondering like at what point they would kiss and get to the next level so I did write because they hugged but they did not kiss and then he was like rubbing her arm so I wrote love hug and arm touching mm-hmm. <laughs> when well we they did the step I know they did and honestly I didn't want them to I wanted it to kind of be pushed a little bit longer and I I was really concerned about what would happen next and who would be the first person to walk in thereafter I mean look I think the whole reality is that's the point right we pulled you guys apart now we're putting you guys back together but does it still fit right that's the whole thing that's the whole theme of what Nino's keeps running around saying will he still be happy though (laughs) (laughs) that's how I I love talk (laughs) I love that she was fantasizing about Mike the minute like Carly and Sunny were walking upstairs I loved it. I thought it was so fitting, even though she doesn't know that that's happening. Um, But it probably (laughs) preoccupies her mind anyway. But they do touch lips, and I felt like Sunny was really quick to brush everything off. Um, But I just, I don't know why I wrote this and why I inserted Ava in this whole scenario. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Sunny had an underreaction. He basically brushed off the fact that, like, Nina took him for nine months and has nothing to really say to Carly about that time or what their relationship was or what, you know, exactly. You know, like if Nina hid you, like, did you see her? You know what I mean? Did she Mm -hmm. just see you and hide? Like she spent time with you. Like, like no one is diving into that. And for some reason I kept thinking, what happens when Ava gives Carly the reaction that like Sunny won't? Ooh, they'll become more bet like better besties. Right? Because, like, right now, like, Sonny's not having, he's not showing Carly much of a reaction in regards to Nina. And even today, when Phyllis was there, he even kind of, like, rolled his eyes and had a bit of a reaction, like, you're really going to see her kind of a thing. Um, And so I just think, like, when Ava finds out and sees Carly, she might be livid for Carly. And Sonny hasn't even given her that kind of a reaction. Not many people have, remember. Jason has. Joss has. And I think Ava will too. So it's going to be really interesting to see how people kind of like divide loyalties. Well, because Ava is going to make the connection. I feel like Ava is going to be the one that's going to break the news about the love because she knew about Nina's boyfriend and Nick's <gasps> calls. So oh. she's going to, yeah. So she's going to be on Carly's <sighs> side and she will yell at Sunny. Oh man. But what is she going to yell at Sunny? Because he didn't tell Carly? Yes. Because I feel like the conversation is going to happen alone with Carly first. And then maybe Sunny will walk in the room afterwards because Carly will be like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Or she'll just catch from her face acting that she really did not know that that was part of the nine months. And then she'll lay into Sunny a little bit. Oh my, I love how reacting, like everything you said just happened and I just saw it in my mind. (laughs) I love it. Oh, so, so good. So we mentioned Phyllis and she shows up. She shows up. uh, She had a lot of reasons to show up. Not yeah, <laughs> yeah, she had lots of reasons. Check out his new gig. She wanted to meet Sunny Corinthos. I love that moment though, like where mm. they introduced themselves as who they really were. I mean, Phyllis has always been Phyllis, <laughs> um, but it was interesting. Like, Phyllis likes Carly, right? Yeah. Like, Phyllis met Carly and she's like, 
okay, you know, because Phyllis knows what it is to lose a spouse, someone you love, yes. which will allow her, I think, to even connect and relate to Carly in a certain way that make that might make it difficult, right? I mean, look, she has a relationship with Nina, and like she said, she's willing to kind of try. She's not willing to write her off, but Phyllis is the kind of person that won't, like, unlike Curtis, who's like, ah, we all make mistakes. I feel like Phyllis will kind of hold her accountable. But, like, you know, Carly's looking through that box. And earlier she wanted to spend the whole day with Sunny, but looking through that box looked a little, like, hmm, here's Phyllis, here's a box of all the stuff. Like, I don't know you, what the hell went down? Ah, I gotta get out of here. Oh, 100%. And just the look on her face, again, like, the way her eyes opened, I couldn't figure out was, was it the items in the box? Was it the fact that I ended up on the fact that Phyllis is a huge, was a huge part of his life and continues to be. She played a role in his life that Carly knows absolutely nothing about. So she's welcoming yeah. into her home somebody who's significant and important, but she knows nothing about. Like, that's hard. I think it really is hard because she doesn't know much about anything, really. He hasn't. Like, I mean, he's told her some about Phyllis, but Phyllis is not the whole truth here. Yep. You know, I, how, I, it's a little suspicious that you haven't mentioned a damn thing about your relationship to Nina. Shouldn't this be the time where you're, like, processing, like, oh, my gosh. Like, if he really, truly felt like Nina stole my life and it's so wrong, like, and mm -hmm. then starting to piece things together. Because remember, he finds out and then hours later is back in Port Charles. Yes. So I think it speaks volumes that he's not, like, outwardly processing you know, things Nina said out loud with the other people in the same way he has expressed and talked about who Phyllis was. And Lenny. Oh, man. This next layer to things is going to be incredibly explosive. Yeah, I was just like, can we fast forward and give her Charlie's? I know. I can't. I want to see that. I want to see her be like a nurse, part of like GH team. And oh, then true. like weekends, then like weekends or evenings at the bar. <laughs> Oh, true, because that's the thing. It's like she worked with Sonny, but she'll get to work with his daughter. So anyways, I think it's going to be a really cool um, partnership. It's going to be really interesting because it's, you know, it's it's Christina. It's the old life Phyllis. It's, you know, a Nina connection, an Ava connection. Due to like, it's just a, a lot. It's messy. It's very messy, and I'm here for it. Yes. Okay, I think we covered all of the things. We talked about all of the stuff. Do you have a gold star? Or favorite line this week? Um, my gold star, I want to give it to Joss. I really, really enjoyed that scene um, with her and Nina. I found it really satisfying this week. Um, also to, to Spencer. Because uh, I, I see so much out of him. Like a lot of hurt he's destroyed. Like it's just really complicated. And you could see it in his portrayal of the situation. So I think I'm going to give it to Spencer and to Joss actually. I love it. I'm... I completely agree with it. And speaking of Spencer, one of my favorite lines was from Brit when they were having their conversation. She's like, please don't make me defend your father. But I feel I like know. she wanted to choose a, another word, but she said it without any explicits. <laughs> 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 and I totally agree with your gold stars. So, oh my goodness, that's a wrap. And to our fellow Canadians, happy Thanksgiving. And for everyone else, have an awesome weekend. Bye. Bye.